Hello and welcome to Box Office Receipts. I'm your host, Tyler Callahan, and we got an interesting episode, mostly thanks to how Eternals did on its opening weekend. Don't worry, we got some other news as well, like Lionsgate might be looking to sell stars, and Snake Eyes bombed again. Let's start with the top five. Opening in first place is Eternals with 71 million. In second place is Dune with 7.6 million for a total of 83.9 million. Third place was No Time to Die with 6.1 million for a total of 143.1 million. Fourth place was Venom Let There Be Carnage with 4.4 million, now at a total of 197 million. Lastly, in fifth place was Ron's Gone Wrong with 3.6 million for a total of 17.6 million. Now, this is kind of weird because on paper, a $71 million opening weekend is pretty great. Warner Brothers, for example, would be popping champagne if they got that for the Suicide Squad. But this is the MCU, where expectations were higher. See, coming into the weekend, even with middling reviews and being the first rotten film in a franchise, expectations were it would still do around $80 million, which would be great. The only bad news is any chance of a breakout to 90 or even $100 million was gone. Well, that did not happen, and instead landed on a $71 million opening. Not only that, but more reviews came out over the weekend, and the Rotten Tomato score, as of now, is at 48. So not only is it rotten, it's under 50%. Also, I was wondering how audiences would react to the film, and it seems to be mixed. What does not help Marvel is the cinema score it got was a B, the lowest in the MCU again. Cinema score, I should note, is graded on a much higher curve, where the lowest good grade is a B+, so a B is not good. Why? Because the score is done on opening night, where you have a mix of fans going out of their way to see it, and some casuals mixed in. The idea is that if you are a fan, and you go out of your way to see it opening night, it should be easier for you to enjoy the film, give it a higher rating, as well as good word of mouth. Eternals did not get this. While this does not reflect this weekend, unless word of mouth changes, the second weekend drop could be bad. Right now, the film is looking at finishing around 150 to 170 million domestically, as 200 million. It's just not going to happen anymore. And if the legs are really bad, with really bad word of mouth, we couldn't even look at 130 million. Just a side note: I also did see Eternals over the weekend, and I thought it was pretty good. It's not in my top five of Marvel films, but it's actually kind of sad to see this is the first MCU movie to get the poor reviews and what's looking like poor box office performance. I do understand some people found it boring. Personally, I liked the slower-paced film and gave time for some of the characters to develop. Quick note on Dune, it is being reported that for the first week of December, Dune will be back in IMAX screens for a limited time before No Way Home comes out. So if you missed your chance to see it in IMAX before Eternals, you have one more shot, depending on if your theater is playing it again. Moving on to China, No Time to Die stayed in first place with 11.4 million for a total of 49.2 million. In second place was the Battle at Lake Changjin with 8.7 million for a total of 874 million. Third place was a new film called The Curious Tale of Mr. Gu, which opened at 3.6 million. Fourth place was another new Chinese film, an animated one, called Legend of Sealed Book with 2.3 million. Lastly, in fifth place was Dune with 2.1 million for a total of 36.9 million. As for Snake Eyes, well, it only made 1.5 million in its opening in China, coming in at 8th place. Also fun fact, on a rating site, Moyen, it got a 5.8, which is just really, really bad. Remember, over there, anything under an 8 is okay. Anything under a 7 is considered bad. So 5.8? Yeah, the film just keeps taking else. Now, Variety has reported that Sony is now promoting Spider-Man No Way Home on Chinese social media with a new poster, and that it would be in theaters in the country. 
This would logically indicate it has gotten the government's approval and just needs to get a release date. If it has secured the Chinese release, it is almost a lock for it to pass 1 billion worldwide and would be the first film to do so since 2019. Also legally, this would be the first piece of Phase 4 content from the MCU available in China. Remember, Disney Plus is not allowed in China, and so far Black Widow, Shang-Chi, and Eternals have not been released there either. So while people have likely watched pirated copies of it, officially, this is the first. Now let's look at worldwide numbers where, surprise, Eternals dominated. It opened at 90.7 million internationally for a worldwide opening weekend of 161.7 million. One thing to note for the international rollout of the film, it was set to open in Qatar, Saudi Arabia, and Kuwait, but its release was pulled. This was due to the censorship board of those governments asking for cuts to be made, and the Hollywood Reporter saying that Disney refused. While no one from the government or Disney has said what needed to be cut, it is safe to assume it was likely due to the on-screen kiss from a gay couple in the film. I will say props to Disney for sticking their ground on this and not making the cuts. While they easily could have for a few extra bucks, I do respect them for respecting what Chloe Zhao and Marvel Studio made and are sticking to it. No Time to Die made $27.2 million for a worldwide total of $667.1 million. Dune made $11.1 million for a total of $330.4 million worldwide. Venom Let There Be Carnage made $11.4 million for a worldwide total of $424.6 million. Snake Eyes, thanks to the $1.5 million made in China, now has $40.1 million worldwide. Yikes. And Last Night in Soho is at 12.8 million worldwide. Moving now to the news from Hollywood, well, there is quite a bit of it. First is from Universal, as it looks like they are finally moving their Wicked project along by hiring the two main leads. Ariana Grande will play Glinda, and Cynthia Erivo will play El Bata. I have no idea how to pronounce that name. <laughs> Directed by John M. Chu, we still do not have a release date for it or when it will start filming. But for a film that has been in the works for years, it's nice to see it's gaining traction. Also, not directly from Universal, but from Vin Diesel. This week, he posted on Instagram publicly asking Dwayne Johnson to return for a Fast 10. It's an interesting move to ask for this publicly, unless talks broke down behind the scenes, and this is a last-ditch effort. I will say, though, for asking him to come back, it's not a good start by starting off with my little brother Dwayne on the post. Will he come back? Who knows? Right now, The Rock has not publicly replied to the post or mentioned it on social media, but if I was him, unless it was a really big paycheck, I'd say no. He does not. Why? Because he does not need him. They need him, and he knows it. While the biggest thing the Fast and Furious cast has is that franchise. For him, it's just another one. He's got superheroes to play with Black Adam, Jumanji to return to at some point, and right now he's working on a film for Amazon and possibly down the road, Hobson Shot 2. So it's not like he's hurting for projects. Finally, this is not huge news, but something we're talking about. Cinemark recently had their quarterly earnings report, and it was good news, with them having an increase in revenue while also cutting down on losses. But how they did some of that besides paying new movies is actually what I talked about before and wrote about on my Substack. I will leave a link to it in the show notes. What Cinemark has started to do now is trying out live events, including wrestling, Dungeons & Dragons, and eSport competitions with League of Legends. They mentioned that they also tried NFL football, but it's not gone as well Due to the current license agreements, they can only get rights to out-of-town games. But they're looking to make deals with to air college football games instead. Along with that, they mentioned that for upgrading seats, luxury lounges, as they call them, are in 65% of their theaters. So yeah, it's just nice to see that they're using this time to experiment and try other ways to get people in the theaters. Because simply they need to. As studios continue to change release windows as it suits them, this is when theaters need to innovate to stay alive or die. Cinemark, at least. Looks like they're trying.
we do have some VOD premium news this week, starting off with Lionsgate. No, they are not looking to be sold, but instead looking to spin off and sell stars. During their quarterly earnings report, they mentioned that they have asked their board of directors to look at potential options. Why would they sell? Well, they mentioned that the reason buys, like Amazon buying a MGM, and the billion spent on that and other deals, shows it's a good time to be looking to sell at a high price. They also feel that their stock does not reflect the assets they have, so by offloading stars, they would have the cash needed to grow as a studio, and ideally, their stock price. While I respect the executives for being so candid about that, why they're looking to sell, and they might get some decent offers, I hope they're not looking at a few billion, because they will likely not get that much. Let's see what they have. The Power Franchise, with its spin-offs, and some rights to air films from other studios. That's about it. Potential buyers would also have to deal with the cable channel stars it's most known for, and do they want to keep those running? If I had to take a guess on who might buy it, easy pick is Comcast. Throw a billion at it, and if they can buy it, shut down stars, move everything to Peacock, and grow that service. I don't see Apple, Netflix, or Warner Brothers making a serious move for it. And Viacom CBS is not in the position to spend a lot. MGM gave us a little surprise this week by announcing No Time to Die. We'll be heading to PVOD. By the time you're listening to this, it'll already be available on major platforms for the usual PVOD price, $19.99 for a rental. I was a little surprised since it was holding well over the past few weeks, but thinking strategically here, if they know that more of the older movie watchers are staying home, and this is how you get the extra cash without waiting until next month for the Blu-ray release. Disney Plus Day is coming up, and to celebrate Disney is doing a few things. First, if you have not yet subscribed or you did and canceled, you can sign up again for $2 for the first month. Afterwards, it'll go back to the regular $8 per month. Not the biggest deal, but it is something, and you save a few bucks. Besides the deal, they are also upgrading the service a bit by updating some of the Marvel films to the IMAX versions. In total, 13 will receive the upgrade, including Shang-Chi, which will be on the 12th. Considering it is rare to get the IMAX ratio of films for any kind of home media, I love this move, and will be taking a look at some of them again, like the first Iron Man. And that'll be it for this week's episode of Box Office Receipts. Question for the episode is, are you excited about the addition of IMAX to some of Marvel's movies? Or do you really not care? Let me know on Facebook. Link to the page is in the show notes. Thank you for listening. See you next time.